Welcome to another episode of the Wonder of Parenting podcast. My name is Tim Wright, here as always with Dr. Michael Gurian. Michael, it's good to have you as always. Good to be here. Thanks, Tim. Hi, everyone. We are on podcast number 63, and we are moving through some of the great questions that you've been sending to us about the issues that you're wrestling with as parents. And today we're going to cover two topics, and I think both of them are really fascinating. And uh, the first one uh, comes to us from a, uh, a fairly new listener, and uh, she's sort of been working her way through all of the old episodes. And uh, her question uh, has to do with media and screen time, and we've talked about this before, but I think she's got a great take on it that uh, I thought was fascinating. And so here's what she says. Um, I was wondering if you could address the parental use of social media screen time and how that affects the kids. For example, your one-year-old is happily playing by himself with various toys while you're in the room and occasionally looks at the parent, but instead of the parent watching the child, the parent is scrolling through Facebook or Instagram or something like that. Are there recommendations on how to properly use social media around your kids? Additionally, I know there are screen time limit recommendations for children and adolescents, but once a person's brain is done growing, developing, are there still time limit recommendations? Uh, I would think the uh, additional factor still plays a part in uh, no matter uh, how old you are. Sorry, I messed that line up. But anyway, what she's saying is uh, she's wondering if time limits still factor even when you're an adult. So what I love about this question is we're concerned about screen time, uh, how it affects our kids' brains. She's kind of asking how does it affect our relationship with our kids when we're using it as adults, and how does it affect our adult brains? Uh, Mm -hmm. Those are great questions. Beautiful. Yeah, absolutely beautiful. Uh, to the to the big point of this, you know, we should limit our screen time even as adults. It, we don't, <laughs> but she gives us a motivation to do it, which is uh, which is because our kids are going to model after us, and um, and and I think it's two sides of one coin. Our kids are going to model after us, and if we're if we're staring into our screen we may be missing an opportunity to play with our kids or to um, interact with our kids, you know, and build relationship with our kids. So I think kind of that's the direction where she's going. And I really, I really love it. Um, uh, Here's an example of a limit we ought to have as adults. Even if you work in front of a screen the whole day, you ought to not be in front of that screen for at least an hour before bed. So no screens like for an hour before bed. Um, especially if you're an adult who works, in, you know, is in computers and works in a, uh, or, or a writer like me running a business. I'm in front of a screen. You know, if I'm not on the road, I'm in front of a screen. But, um, you know, I'm away from those screens before bed. So that's one limit that for sure. And then, um, uh, and then to her point, uh, I, I, I think, I think throughout the history of time, so we have to we have to walk a fine line here because throughout the history of of humanity, adults have lived adult lives and kids have been playing ten feet, twenty feet in the next room without adults, right? So it's only a recent thing where we kind of decided, oh my gosh, you know, adults should be playing with kids every moment. Mm. I don't think that's actually true. Mm, that's helpful. It, yeah, I mean, I think kids should be spending a lot of time playing alone or playing with their pals um so it's not as if the adult is is doing facebook and not playing with the child right that that's a bad thing that's not necessarily it could be great for the kid to play himself herself um but the modeling is something to think about 
if if every time the child looks over at the adult that adult is front is in in front of a cell phone uh, smartphone or in front of a computer that's modeling that's going to stick and then it's going to be harder by the time the child is eight or nine or ten you know the child's going to really be lobbying for a smartphone and and um, lobbying to spend hours in front of a screen because hey that's what the child saw the adult do so i think my advice would be uh, we don't need to feel like we got to play with our kids every moment but um but we ought to spend our a lot of our time in front of our kids doing other things doing doing chores cooking running exercising interacting with other adults playing canasta or bridge you know i know that sounds old but uh, you know something where oh, backgammon whatever it is where we're doing stuff with other adults that isn't looking into the screen that's a big takeaway i have from what vana wrote uh, we've all heard the stereotypes of the the family out for dinner at the restaurant and every single one of them in their phones oh, and yeah. Uh, yeah, i don't know that I'm, I'm not a fan of that no and I'm, I'm not so sure it's really a, a stereotype either i think that there's probably a lot of truth to it i was uh at the gym today working out and um right next door to us is a, a the gym is a, a goodwill and they were having a big sale today half off and so there's a huge line outside the the gym and as I'm working out, I'm watching every single person in that line was looking at a phone. And it just struck me how hard it is for us in our culture today to sort of be present in the moment, even if you're just standing in line and they're outside, it's a beautiful day, or I notice this when I'm out riding my bike, almost everybody that I pass or come across has something in their ears uh, and they're listening to things, which is okay. I get that it's okay, but we've we've just sort of lost the ability to enjoy quiet or sounds of nature, and that's I think what you're saying is we want to be able to model that for our kids that there's more to life, there's a richness to life that's found beyond the screen. Right. That let's model that because quietude and solitude too. You've raised a really good point. Let's model that that. That, that we parents know how to do solitude so that our kids will know how to do it. And for folks who are religious, of course, that's going to be prayer or mindfulness and meditation. You know, let's model that too, um, I think. And so if a child is playing over here and is playing independently quite well, we don't have to go play with the child, but maybe we sit here and we meditate for 10 minutes rather than looking in the phone. So we're modeling that too. And and I, I just think you've raised, this is so important for families about restaurants. Um, we were, again, I know I sound obsessive, but I had all the research. And so in our family, there were no cell phones um, at the dinner table at home when we ate together and then no, no cell phones when we we're at restaurants. They all had to be put away. And... Um, Man, you know, you just have better bonds with each other, mm -hmm. and you you cover topics that are important. and 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 the reality is, there's there's really nothing unless you're in the middle of closing some huge multi million dollar deal or something. There's really nothing that's going to come through that cell phone for that hour that is as essential as the bond with your family and the bond with your friends. And I extend this out to friends too. I, I we have a monthly poker game. We've been playing for like 30 years, a bunch of guys. Uh, a lot of them are the guys in my men's support group that I've been in for 30 years, and then we've added other guys. And 
I and another guy don't bring our cell phones to that. And we, we like proudly say this to, to, you know, there's eight of us. And so two of us don't. Six of them do. And they're always looking at their phones while we're supposed to be relating to each other. You know, this is our moment to relate to each other. And so um, uh, I'm always harassing them about it. And, and, uh, and they harass back because that's what we do. But gradually, I think a lot of them are like putting their phones, you know, in their pockets. Now they're no longer on the tables. Um, so, so at least they have to make the choice to look at it and there's, you know, the bonds are back between us, the bonding. So it it goes for families. It goes for friends. It's, if we're together with other people, um, we just don't need these devices. Now, you know, we're both of an age where our, the primary audience we're speaking to right now, um, they're a lot younger than we are. We're sort of old dinosaurs. And, and uh, this will shock some people listening. We didn't have smartphones when we were growing up. And, you know, so part of, part of our experience is based on what life was like prior to cell phones. You and I will never be able to understand life without anything but a cell phone. So, I, you know, I think we both are aware of a very different uh, vibe growing up. But the fact that parents are asking these questions suggests that even they know intuitively that smartphones can be a great gift and can be a great curse if we don't use them correctly. And I, I think about all the parents who, uh, you know, when I'm at sporting events or even when we're doing events at our church and kids are up singing and parents are watching their kids through a screen that's, you know, like two inches big and missing the grandeur of the big moment. And, um, you know, you want to capture those moments. I get that. But there is something about just saying, all right, I want this memory seared in my consciousness, not on my telephone or my phone, and and just sort of trying to to uh, for our young friends who are listening, they have to navigate a very different world than than you and I did. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. This podcast is sponsored by Skylight Frame. Mother's Day is almost here. What are you getting her? Something that shows you care. Something that makes her feel loved. Something that won't stress you out. Something like the Skylight Frame. The Skylight Frame is the perfect gift. It's a touchscreen photo frame your whole family can upload photos to from wherever they are in the world. It's a way to share with her all the moments that matter. It sets up in seconds. You can even make sure that it's already loaded with photos when your mom opens her Mother's Day gift. And her Skylight Frame can hold thousands of the treasured photos you share. It's an easy, heartfelt way for mom to stay connected with those who matter most. It really is the perfect gift. Now, as a special Mother's Day offer for our listeners, get 15% off your purchase of a Skylight Frame when you go to skylightframe.com slash easy. That's S-K-Y-L-I-G-H-T-F-R-A-M-E dot com slash easy. Get 15% off your Mother's Day purchase now at skylightframe.com slash easy. Agreed, agreed. And, and And at the same time, I have two daughters who are 26 and 29. Right. They are of that generation, but they love not having their phones 
you know, we get together a number of times per year uh, at our house. We go to them. When we're together, no one has their phones, and they love that. Yep. So I, I think it's okay to say this. I think we're holding a space, and maybe we're able to hold, uh, you know, hold this space because of our age. I also feel like I'm trying to hold this space because I have the brain research, you know. And, sure. And I want us to keep holding the space even through the generations, the space being um, what's non-essential, you know, y- you can cut out, you can prune that out, what's non-essential, because what's essential are the relationships and the bonds, and the screens invade the relationships and the bonds. And so um, I-, I hear you. I th- It's probably because we're, you know, 61 years old that we say this, but I, I think even from a research point of view, oh yeah, and, and even from the millennials' point of view, I like what you're saying, that they intuitively know there's something going on here that they yep. have to protect their kids from. Yep. yep. And just because we're dinosaurs doesn't mean we don't have wisdom. Ah, right? There we go. So I just read a study. Um, I'm, I'm doing a, a reading on, on uh, how, how screen time is impacting the faith lives of, of generations. Oh, interesting. And uh, one of the, the findings they had, they studied, I think it was 13 to 25-year-olds, something like that. Uh, on average, they spend something like 2,700 hours a year on the screen. And they spend, th- those who are religious, so that, you know, regular churchgoers or synagogue worshipers, whatever, they spend 169 hours a year in, in spiritual connections. And their point is, you know, who's, who's, getting, who's getting entree into our, our young people's minds, and a lot of that's coming from screen time. And it's not to say that screens are evil, because we know they're fantastic. No, no. I mean, I, we wouldn't be doing what we're doing now if it weren't for that. Right. But we do want to be mindful of uh, when we pick up a screen, it's never benign. It's saying something to us. And our kids, uh, as you said at the beginning, we're, we're modeling for them behavior. And um, I, I just I, I want to come back to a couple things that you said because they're so important. It is okay to let kids play by themselves in another room or play with their buddies and we don't have to be there all the time. I thought that was amazing. Um, and I, I feel that need sometimes when my grandkids are here. Of course, I don't get to see them all the time. But when they're in the room playing by themselves, and I'm in a different room, and just to hear them playing, it's it really is just music to my ears. It's music, and, yeah. And and then to say that, um, you know, we, we want to be able to model for our kids appropriate uses of anything. You know, whether we're talking about appropriate uses of of alcohol or appropriate uses of sex or whatever it might be, we always want to model appropriate behavior for our kids. Oh, yes. Yes. And these screens are they're like those other things. They're 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 a factor and we need to model. We just we have to see them as stuff we're modeling rather than see them as these conveniences that don't really impact anything. Um or, or where the benefits of having them far outweigh the disadvantages. Uh, they are like alcohol or like how you drive or, you know, if one is a hunter, how you hunt or if you have guns, how you handle guns. All of these things need to be modeled and screens are in that category. Yeah, yeah. And I, you know, one of the positives, we all know this, My one of the ways that we keep, can keep up with our grandkids is uh, – uh, particular my son and his wife his wife is really good about just posting stuff every day about the kids and we just live five miles from them but we can't see them every day and so we're able to keep up with what's happening in school or what's happening you know with uh sports and that's the beauty of social media 
Uh, it's just this question uh, by a very insightful parent says, uh, there should there are probably some limits, and can you help us figure that out? And I think what you're saying is modeling, modeling, modeling is always really important. Yeah. If you have kids and you pay attention to the modeling part, that's going to help you as an adult pay attention to the other part of her question, which was, how do I as an adult limit my own screen time? Right. And And so there's like an incentive, a cross incentive if you have kids. If you don't have kids... Then it's you know then like what's your incentive? Your incentive is just going to be your own brain health. Yes, and and that's a good point to come back to though. Even for us as adults, um, there is a limit to what our our brains should consume when it comes to screen time. Oh yeah, our anxiety rates are up, our depression rates are up. All the things we talk about with kids, right? Where people ask questions, could screen time be affecting depression, anxiety, etc.? And we say yes, yes, and yes. Well, it's the same for adults. It's a human brain. So um, when you see your kids who are more anxious than the previous generation, more anxiety disorders, more depressive disorders in this generation, um, and then we start looking at ourselves and go, oh, yeah, wait a minute. We have more depressive disorder in our two generations. You know, Um, uh, we have more anxiety disorders in our generations. So um, that's, that's a very, very important point. Adults are not immune to this. You're listening to the Wonder of Parenting podcast. My name is Tim Wright, along with Dr. Michael Gurian, and we want to say thanks to our sponsors, the good folks up there with Dr. Greg Jantz working on really important issues. It's called A Place of Hope, the center. It's in the Seattle area. And uh, Greg, as we have mentioned many times, is a prolific author. He puts out a book a year, at least. And they're always really insightful, dealing with things like anxiety or screen time. And uh, I want to encourage you to go to our website, wonderofparenting.com, wonderofparenting.com, and just go to their link and see what it is they have. Uh, you may never need uh, you know, sort of the inpatient care uh, that they offer, but you could certainly benefit from a lot of the different resources that Greg and his team up there have produced. And so we thank them for their support of our podcast, and we thank you so much for listening. If you have a question for us that you'd like us to address on The Wonder of Parenting, you can uh, do that through the Wonder of parenting.com. There's also a link to a lot of different resources that we've created to help you as parents. And that's really why we're here. And uh, we want to to use the best of brain science, our own experiences, your great questions uh, to try to help you enjoy the wonder of parenting. Uh, The next question is also a really good one. And I I love this one because the spin is just a little bit different. And I'm going to read it uh, because, of course, the writer is going to say it better than I would. Uh, My son is six years old and has always been interested in books and reading. He was interested in letters before he could speak and started reading after he turned three. That's really amazing. Very early. But lately, all he does is read at home and at school when they have free play. Everyone around tells me we're lucky to have a kid who loves books and reading by himself, and I see their point. Still, he is refusing to play with kids his age and friends in favor of books. At home, he would play with his four-year-old sister only if a parent plays as well. At school, he's into sports. He goes to club after school for an hour each day. But other than this, his only joy seems to be the books. He goes to the library once a week, sometimes often more. Uh, I I try to identify what he might be running from. But at home, all is well. At school, the teacher and himself say all is well. Nothing has changed in the last two years. I thought maybe he can't cope with reality, but again, nothing has changed. I'm grateful that he loves books so much, but I can't stop worrying as anything in excess can be detrimental to one's well-being. So it's probably not often that you get a question about a boy who might be reading too much, 
Um, mm. But this parent, uh, you know, she's wise. She She's trying to read the cues from her son and asking if this is just something really, really he loves to do. Uh, like some boys will just love to play video games and get lost in those. Or uh, is is he reading so that he can avoid being with other people is kind of what I'm reading between that. So what did you hear and what would you say? Yeah, I, I, um, I sense that this is a very introverted boy. I mean, in terms of personality types that, that he's introverted and that, um, playing with others, interacting with others, certain ways of playing with others maybe there's a certain kind of play that he might find difficult because he's because of his personality type whereas reading is very safe it's it's beautiful uh it's imaginative you know it's inspiring to him and it's it's one of his primary assets he's if he started reading just after three then then you know statistically yes that is unusual for a boy um i started reading at four i mean there are there are Definitely a lot of boys out there who are very good readers early on, sure. But uh, it's still statistically, you know, you'd find that less so um, than girls. Uh, so so I, I think the reading is great, and I think at the baseline that's great. Um, I would kind of go at this via his personality type. And so if, if the um, – everything in moderation. And so the tool or strategy I, I would love to give the parents is this. If you – if you see an issue for this boy in any of the three primary areas of your protection of his development, one is physical. So like, is he doing something too much? Well, let's see if he's having physical issues. Is he so physical would be, well, he's becoming obese or he's not, you know, moving around enough or he's not eating or he's doing something that's bad for him physically um, because he's so obsessed with this other activity. Uh, The second would be cognitive is his cognitive development solid? You would you would learn that from the teachers. It sounds like the teachers are saying his cognitive is fine. He's developing fine. And in fact, he's doing fine. And then the third is going to be social, emotional, relational. Uh, is he, where is he in his ability to relate to his parents, his siblings, and relate to others? Um, is there a problem there? Um, if he has an introverted personality, we... we He's self-protective, so he's not relating as much as this mom might like, and her intuition may be absolutely solid that 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 third area is is his area of difficulty, where he's doing one activity so much in in immoderation that it's affecting one of these three other areas. Sounds like the cognitive is fine. She didn't mention anything about the physical, so I think he's probably physically fine. Um, so it would be in this third category. And I, the, uh, what I would do lo- is look at the three, and then if you decide, okay, in this third category, I don't think he's relational enough. I'm not liking his social-emotional. Just like if, like you mentioned, if he were 12 and playing video games five hours a day, we mm-hmm. would take them away because we would mm-hmm. say, in, in moderation, in your three categories, you're not turning out well. Um, so now uh, she would look at it this way, and then I think get others involved, dad, others involved, talk to them, talk to the teachers, and and then kind of come to a consensus about whether it is really true that he's re- relationally not developing the way that they would like and if if we're what they come to is you know this is a phase it fits his personality we think a year or two from now he's going to actually kind of come into his own and be more relational and be le- less shy then that's where we'd leave it but if they all come to a conclusion, no, this is 
this is we're worried about him relationally in the social emotional category, then they would have to look at instituting limits on the reading and in favor of having play dates and these other things. But I would really explore it first uh, and see if he's actually got issues in any of those three categories. Right, because at this point, just from what we're reading from the question, it doesn't really sound like he does. He's into sports. He does some right. things after school. He just loves to read. And, um, you know, it's not often that uh, our, our kids – uh, are obsessive in something really healthy, and we have, we have to be concerned about it. But what you're advocating for, I think, is is we want our children to be well-rounded, for lack of a better term, in all of these different areas of life. And even if it's a really healthy thing, um, it could knock them a little bit off center, and we, we want to be paying attention to that. Yeah. Yeah, you can, you know, eating is healthy, but one could eat too much. Um, yes. Reading is healthy, but one could read too much. So, so yeah, yeah. And that's why I've developed those three categories where people can checklist it and say, is he turning out fine physically? Okay. Is he turning out fi- fine cognitively? Okay. Is he, does he have good relationships? Okay. And, and if so, then, then it's, it's not like eating too much. It's not like reading too much. He's okay. Right. And, and of course, you know, history is filled with, with really good readers who went on to become really in, uh, influencers in culture. So we know that, that his, his wanting to read more is not necessarily a bad thing. It's just keeping it all in balance. Now, what about as a parent, though? How, how might mom, how might dad enter into his reading world a little bit with him? Oh, yeah, that's beautifully said. Um, it would be great. Hopefully these parents are reading with him. So there's a bond along with the reading. He's reading aloud to them. He's six, so it's a perfect age for read aloud. And so he reads aloud to them for a half hour a day. They read aloud to him half hour a day so that some of the bonding occurs there. And uh, and he still gets his reading, um, but he gets to bond. So um, I think that's it. I'm glad you pointed that out. Well, that's probably a great time if they haven't done it already, for mom and dad to say, boy, this was one of my favorite books when I was your age. And, uh, you know, who knows? He might, his reading level may be way beyond where they were at that age. But to be able to introduce some of our favorite books from when we were kids to our kids can also be a way for us to engage together in uh, in reading and something that's his passion. Not unlike a dad uh, whose son wants to be a baseball player, football player, said, so, well, let's go play some catch outside. Absolutely. Absolutely, yeah. This is this is going to be a way to bond with this guy. So um, suggesting books we love and reading books we love with him, that should be great mon- bonding. And there, uh, now that I'm a grandpa and I've got little grandkids yet from, from four now to ten, um, I'm really amazed at the number of really good quality books being written to help moms and dads and grandmas and grandpas engage with their kids in reading. Uh, and my grandkids now are starting to buy books for me to read with them. Uh, my grandson just brought one about Grandpa Dude, and oh, wow. uh, for us to read together. And and uh, and and they're they're books that are really trying to help uh, kids and and uh, in our case, grandparents connect. And there's one on you know how to babysit your grandpa, how to babysit your grandma, uh, which are just clever little ways to talk about what it's like to go to grandma's house or grandpa's house for the night, and and you know feel good about it. So there's there's so many good resource books out there now for moms and dads and kids to share uh, that that this child here could be a prime candidate for some of the really nice authors that are out there these days. Yeah, yeah. It's an amazing, the children's children's book world right now is just so amazing. And, and if he's a really good reader, uh, it might be great for mom and dad to sit down and read Saving Our Sons together. What do you think? 
Well, it's Michael six Gurian. years old. Yeah, but at six years old, maybe not. You, you don't think so? You don't think he's ready for it yet? Maybe, I don't know that he's ready yet. Yeah, maybe they could buy it for him. And uh, <laughs> wonderofparenting.com, that's where it's at. And uh, were you when you were growing up, what, what was the, if there was one thing that what you were doing that was maybe a little out of whack, what was that? Um, you mean that I was obsessively doing? Yeah. Um, well, at six, let's see, at six, my memory is not great. We were just coming back from India, and we moved to Wisconsin. Well, I definitely read a lot. I, I would okay. guess it was reading, because I wasn't very physical. I, yeah. I, I was, have never been a good athlete. So I would guess I was reading a lot at that okay. time. Yeah. So, so you can relate a little bit to this young boy, and you turned out okay. I did. <laughs> yes, we have to ask my family, but I guess yeah. I turned out okay. <laughs> Well, I, I sure appreciate that question, and I, I hope we've given you some insight. I, my sense is that mom here has really already sort of made some intuitive decisions about what's going on with her son, and she just uh, keep following her heart on that one and uh, the good advice that you just gave. And it sounds like he's going to be a great kid. Mm-hmm. Yep. Bravo. Now, we want to thank you, as always, for listening in to uh, The Wonder of Parenting, and we're going to tackle a couple more questions next week. And uh, so what that means, as we do a couple questions a week on uh, the podcast, is that our queue is getting smaller again. So we're welcoming uh, all new questions to come on uh, line for us, and you can do that wonderofparenting.com, wonderofparenting.com, and there's a form you can fill out and submit that. And uh, Michael and I both read the questions, and then we just put them in line. And once in a while, we'll bump something up a little bit if it's really time sensitive, but we try to take them as we get them. And uh, so we ask you to be a little patient with that. We do have a Facebook page where if you've got some questions and we're not getting to it fast enough, there are a lot of parents on that site who would love to just engage with you and their own stories. And they're doing a great job of offering really good advice to each other based on their own parenting experience. That's Wonder of Parenting on the Facebook uh, platform. And, uh, and again, I want to remind you that Michael has written some great resources out there for parenting, uh, particularly the uh, Wonder, uh, not the Wonder Boys, which is a good one, but Saving Our Sons and the Minds of Girls, and also his new book, The Stone Boys, which we talked about in a few podcasts. That's all available on wonderparenting.com. Michael, you yeah. have something else you want to can add I, before we go? Can I just add, too, that I'm starting to, uh, in the video clips uh, in Patreon, you know, in our community yeah. in Patreon, I'm also taking some of the questions and doing video clips on them. Oh, great. So for folks who want to who want to join our Patreon community, um, that's also on wonderofparenting.com. So you can see how to join the Gurian community and the Wonder of Parenting community. And that'll take you over to Patreon, and you can join there. And then you're going to see that I'm doing, like I just did three I do the video clips the first uh, week of every month, and um, and you'll see some of the questions there as well. Oh, that's fantastic. Very, very good. Well, we're here to resource you, parents, the best that we can, and uh, we sure appreciate your support and your listening, and we will be back with you next time. Have a great week. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.